seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. We have been on a journey to witness the majesty of the Messiah. We've been on a, uh, a discovery of his greatness and of the ways that God has revealed himself over time. And it's not just the, the information given or the technology that's available at a given time, but it is the message that's embedded. We have technology that's come along, things that have been developed over the years, one of those is language. Somewhere along the line, as, as God has built us into people, languages have developed, we've got those. And then they begin to use methods of writing. And we have that. And that's been passed on. So we've got some technology that has led to our time and allows us to know something about what God has done. And that technology, uh, for us, it can, it's available well, in book form, but you can also get an app. There's an, always an app. So the scriptures is where we're going to go today, and we're going to look at what God has done with that. But I want to remind you, we're talking about a cosmic reality. We're backing this up so that we are looking at the whole of Eternity. When God said, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make a, a world, I'm going to have a universe to set it in, and we look at that as this enormous thing, and God says, out of my heaven, the heaven of heavens, I just take a little bit, and I go, I'll just make this. This is where space and time will exist, right here, and I'll have a world, and it's going to be, there's going to be a beautiful place there, and I want to populate that with people and I want to have them be part of my family, part of the heavenly family, and I'm going to add them in. So this physical family is going to be part of this. And then we had a breakdown, as you well know, and God said, I've got to send some help. So he begins the process of putting together this wonderful plan of getting Jesus into our lives. So 2,000 years removed from his birth, and yet he's still in our lives. And what happened before that is part of the story. We have looked at the cosmic uh, reality of the heavenly beings, those angels who were involved, and they passed on God's truth, and, the, and they battled against those other beings, supernatural beings, who were in, in battle with them and trying to, 
rebelling against God. So we've had this huge uh, event unfolding. And then God says, I'm going to I'm going to give them clues. I'm going to point them in the direction uh, where my help is coming. And they're going to they can turn to the scriptures and find some answers that witness to his majesty. So the scriptures are going to set that up for us. Here's the scriptural setting. And we find this in, in Luke. It's at the end after Jesus' resurrection, Luke 24, verse 27. God has, has uh, raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is walking with a couple of men on their way to Emmaus. And as they're walking along, they don't recognize him. And as they're walking along, he is explaining some things to them. And we get this. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So we have the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. The Hebrew scriptures have, have contained in them these realities of what God's plan was. And he has put those in, into words, written words using uh, ink and paper and skins and and kept them through the centuries so that people would know here is uh, the plan and then as as we come into the reality of this thing unfolding and at the time like this they're they're looking at this tragic event for one that Jesus has died and he's he's died on the cross now everything's lost and Jesus is now alive and he's walking with them and they don't, they just don't get that and then he explains from the scriptures these are the things from the prophets from Moses from the Hebrew scriptures he is found all the way through did everybody recognize that no they didn't there were some but most didn't it's still true today He's revealing these wonderful truths. He's given us a book filled with amazing things. His majesty is wrapped up in there. It's, it's ready to pop. It is so filled. And we can just look at it and miss it. We just get busy or get bored. Or and he, But the majesty, the majesty on these pages is remarkable. And he's revealing himself in, a, in, in many ways in, like this. He's revealing himself to them. They don't recognize him. They didn't recognize him in the scriptures. And I love that Luke included that conversation where he's saying, no, here I am. And Moses and the prophets and all the scriptures, all the writings, that entails the whole of the Hebrew Bible. And that makes it it's just exciting to see that. So he sets that up and says, okay, we can look at the, at the Old Testament and find him. And find out where he was headed, what God was doing. And these all testify to him. This is a witness to him and that he came and fulfilled that. You just have evidence upon evidence of all that he has done and who he is. And and the truths that come from that are the promises to us. These things are faithful. They can be relied on. These things will happen. These things will occur. And we got it from the book. So Isaiah 7.14, we go there. The virgin birth. This in Isaiah, as, 
as this is being laid out, the prophet is uh, in a situation, there's a, there's a difficult situation unfolding in, in Israel. Northern tribes are having trouble. And God is answering by having this prophet give this line. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Because, you know, always when we're going, well, is God really going to do this or is he not going to do this? You know how we are. All right, here's the sign. This is going to be it. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So they walked out the gate of the city. The young ladies are out there doing the laundry outside of the city. And so they're standing and he says, look. So here's a young woman. The word Alma, which is translated virgin here, also means young woman. So next year, she's going to conceive a child, and there will be a birth, be a son, and he will come. And when that happens, that's when the full, that's your sign. We only use it for Jesus because we're after the fact. They needed it. They needed to know that in that year. So what's our status with you, Lord? Well, we can't wait. This was written in 750 B.C. We can't wait 750 years to find out. We'd be gone. We need to know. So nine months, a year, child is born. The answer is there. God is with us. He's brought the sign. He's answering the question, should we do this? Is... Is God going to be with us in this tough time? So he does. He shows up. That's the fulfillment then. And being a twofer, you get the second one. The second one is there will be a virgin and a virgin birth. Word works for both. But in this case, the Son of God who comes is God himself with us. We get both. 750 years later, that's fulfilled. How do we get there? How do we find out things like that? How do we know? Because God is also working with us. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And he's raising the scriptures from just the, the ink, the print on the page to living words that give us a clue as to the fulfillment of these things, that he is bringing these things about. And we have, we have angels connecting with this we have and this is given 750 years ahead saying i've got something for you like i'm rescuing israel northern israel right now i'm coming to rescue the world in 750 years i have more for you because there's a bigger picture it's not just this line of physical things it's not just uh, a trip from nazareth to Bethlehem and no room in the inn and we have a birth and isn't that a great story there's a huge story that goes beyond our concept it's beyond the the day-to-day living it's beyond isn't that cute this is the reality of God working to overcome those rebellious beings supernatural spiritual beings who have decided to crush humanity. We are told that that the devil is after us, that he is after us to destroy us. He is going to bring 
to us death. He is accusing, or he and his kind are accusing us before the Lord. He's bringing all of that at us. And God is saying, I want to deliver you. I want to rescue you from that. And all of his forces, the host of angels, want to rescue us from that. So all of them are working together. And the scriptures have that information for us. He's given us a clue. Now he says that the principalities and powers, the dark powers, if they knew all of this, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because that brings about their destruction. So the scriptures have the reality there, but those beings are blinded to it. He didn't, give it, he didn't lay out the map and say, okay, and then on this day we'll do this, and this day we'll do this. And only if we're in tune with him are we going to see those things. Because he reveals them, he reveals the scriptures, and all those things that, that apply to these realities to us as we come to him, trust him, look to him, and he's going to put those things together. But this, this was a hidden bit of information. So Jesus comes along, the word in flesh, and says, this is, this is what the scriptures are talking about. This is me. I have come. God with us. So that's Isaiah 7.14, 750 years before Christ is born. And we have another one. It's a new branch. And this is from Isaiah 11, first couple of verses. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All of those things wrap, wrapped up in a new branch, bearing fruit from the old root. This is going to be David's line. And they did understand that there's going to be somebody that's going to come along, a, a Messiah, a deliverer. And, and most of the people in Israel were seeing that as a political figure who would remove Rome by the first century, remove Rome and, and allow them to be the primary nation. And they're looking for that, that son of David to come along. They had that part right. He's the son of David. And he's going to come from, a, from that stump, from that family. But it's a new branch. And this n- new one is going to bear fruit in a new way. It's built on the old. So we have... Israel, we have the history of Israel, we have the scriptures, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures to build on, and all those traditions and how God was faithful, and, and we see all of how God worked with them, and we build on that, because the, the one who's coming is going to, to take those things, he doesn't throw them out, he builds on them. So it's going to grow new, and there's going to be new fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And we're told that the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him from the beginning. But we also get an image of that when he's baptized, when Jesus gets baptized, and the the Holy Spirit comes down as a dove and rests on him. The the Spirit is with him from the get-go. But this Scripture is saying this, again, 750 years before Jesus is even born. They're, They're predicting, they're looking forward to what, Jesus will be in the flesh when he's with us. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. We're told that that was the time where Mary and Joseph have a little dealing with Jesus because he is in the temple teaching the rabbis. 
And where do you come up with this wisdom and knowledge and at 12 years old? And they go, wow, the Spirit of the Lord is on him. He has come. The one that was promised has come. And those things are resting on him. And he is revealing those things. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding is with him. And it's putting together all of the, the realities of God's truth, what he was trying to accomplish. Jesus will speak to the, to the teachers, to the people, and say, what you have heard, and he will lay out something that they've been around or been exposed to, been taught, and that's their understanding. You've been taught this, but let me tell you, and he gives them a different explanation. Some of the things that they've come up with are human inventions that they've come up with over years, traditions that they've developed, and he's not down on all of them, and some of them are just cultural, and he, they're neutral. Then there are others that are harmful because they interfere with the person's relationship with God. They lack love, they lack justice, they lack credibility, and, and in those cases, Jesus is dealing with them and says, well, let me tell you, that's not how this goes. Let me tell you another way. So he has understanding. He knows what God is trying to do. And he's looking at this not from, well, how can I just, how can I get these people saved? He's looking at a battle. He wants to bring people into the family of God. There's also the spiritual family, the non-physical family that is embattled and they're fighting. And he's dealing for them and with them. Those on the dark side he's dealing with, that's why there's uh, the devil tempts Jesus. You get that story in Matthew 4. He's coming after him to trip him up. He wants him to fail. The, the demons pop up periodically, and when they show up, they know exactly who he is because he's come from the cosmic realm into this one. And they go, oh, there he is, son of God. What do the other people call him? Son of David? Son of man. The demons know. How is it they're so clever? Because they recognize him immediately. Son of God. So we've got all of those things are unfolding. We're recorded in Scripture. Jesus is, is, has the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's able to deal with these things and bring those truths to light in this world so that people can understand it. And he's expressing it to the people of Israel to start with. He has others that come in from the periphery periodically. He wants to win all of the nations, all of the peoples in the world, and bring them back, as many as it will come, into the family of God. So he's, he's got the wisdom. The Spirit of the Lord is on him. He's got the spirit of counsel and might. He, he is able to answer difficult religious questions that are brought up, theological issues, and, and when they bring those up, he just answers calmly. He doesn't enter into a giant debate with the woman at the well who's saying, well, in Samaria, we worship on these mountains. You guys worship in Jerusalem. You know, which is it? Which is supposed to be the one? And, and he says, eh, you know, really, the Lord's just looking for people who are worshiping spirit and truth. There's counsel. He just cuts right through it. Well, I want to debate that because I want to fight about this and we do that. And I'm Baptist, Methodist. Pentecostal, I'm a, I don't give a rip. How about walk with God? 
How about we do that? How about we worship and with, with real, real love for God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength? How about we do that? Huh. He just cuts through it. Counsel, spirit of uh, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, that reverential reality, recognizing who the Father is. He meets with Him routinely. He goes off in prayer, gets private with the Lord. He's spending time with Him. The greatest leader who has ever walked this planet goes off in private and spends time with God the Father in prayer. Do you know how many spiritual leaders we have who do not do that? Who consider themselves really spiritually uh, elite. And they're so busy with so many things. Except they don't spend time with the Father. How can you be the greatest leader if you don't spend time with the Father? But He comes with the Spirit. He's entered into this with a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. How do you get the beginning of knowledge? Fear of the Lord. Where do you get wisdom? Fear of the Lord. It's right there in Proverbs. Wow. This new branch is going to be exciting. He's coming. So we're told that 750 years before he comes. We have another one. Knowing before the day. And this is from Psalm 22. Verse 16. So Psalm 22, verse 16. Psalms are written a thousand years. Majority of these are a thousand years before Jesus is born. So a whole millennium. See if this even is close. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Is that accurate? Yeah. The rest of 22 is not bad either. A thousand years before. And Jesus said, in the scriptures you can find me. Because God has laid it out all through. The books of Moses and the prophets and the writings. The Hebrew scriptures are witnessing the one who is to come. It's looking forward to that time when Jesus will appear and when he is on that cross, pierced, hands and feet, and those, the crowd that's around him jeering at him and, and the people who are putting it, just uh, making it even worse. An evil gang closes in on me. That's, that's where he was. That was the thing that was unfolding. And it was accurate all the way back a thousand years. We have other prophets there are over 300 prophecies pointing to jesus those are those are just the prophecies prophecies pointing to jesus other elements that are inlaid in the scriptures just radiate him and it's throughout the whole of the hebrew scriptures because they didn't have the new testament yet so let's turn to the new testament john 539 jesus in a debate with the religious leader, says, says this, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. What? 
That will upset them. The scriptures point to me. He's the one. These guys have lived in the book. They copy it line by line, letter by letter, every tiny little mark. They are desperately and in, in critically working to make sure that it is exact. So they know it. They know it from one end to the other. And he says, you search and you miss it. Because they don't even recognize Jesus. Here he is, the one in the flesh that the Scripture's talking about. And on the way to Emmaus, he's saying, hey, the Scriptures point to me. And he's telling these guys, hey, the Scriptures point to me. That's the witness to his majesty. That is who he is. That is what is unfolding here. The Scriptures are pointing to Jesus, who gives the instruction we need. He's the one from outside of this world, outside of this universe, outside of the physical limits that we have from out there and he knows because he's always been he has the information we need to know about what's out there about the battle in the heavens about the spiritual uh, context that we actually live in in this physical realm and he is offering us a way to live it and and john 10 10 he says you you know come with me and I will give you abundant life, fulfilled, meaningful life, here, now. Eternal life, too. You know, we get that one. John three sixteen. God loved the world. He wants us to know Him. Doesn't want us to perish. Wants us to believe in Jesus and come into this new life that is everlasting. It just keeps on going. And it's everlasting, abundant life. Everybody lives forever. Every human being is made to live forever. It's just where they're going to live forever is the issue. And Jesus is saying, I want you to enjoy everlasting life, abundant life forever. Come, be part of the family. The scriptures point to me. John 5, 39. He's inviting us to be part of this family. He's given us information that we need to know about how this physical world fits into the whole cosmic plan that is bigger than we can imagine. And he has given us enough clues, just like in the Hebrew scriptures. It's all through there. And people just read and go, ah, I don't really get it. Yeah, that list of stuff there is so boring. Leviticus, really? I don't want to read that one again. How about Samson? He's much more fun. And Jesus says, but I'm there. I'm there. The Spirit comes. The Spirit can guide. The Spirit gives wisdom. The Spirit gives understanding and knowledge. It's waiting for the fear of the Lord, our response to Him, to listen, to draw near, to, to learn from Him those things. And this is pointing to Him. The Scriptures are pointing to Him. And we've been able to celebrate during this season a buildup of, of uh, different witnesses to his reality and then celebrate that with uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas and, and all that goes into that. This is world-changing. changes lives, changes cultures, it changes nations. It makes a difference for all, for all eternity, all that's ahead. So this, this, this matters. So the scriptures point to him. All of them. Old Testament, New Testament. 
Use the book. Use your app. Stay in the Scriptures. And see where that takes you. Because God has a lot more to say. The first advent. Jesus came to set His people free. He was from outside time and the physical dimension. The enemy, problems, and battles from the cosmic realm were real in the physical realm. And Jesus came to confront them all. He is the great I Am. And let us worship His majesty. Let's pray. Father, thank You for, for all You've done, for the, for the amazing things that You have done, working through uh, creation, through history, through technology. You have revealed Yourself. Thank You for the writings for the books of Moses, the prophets, the scriptures you have provided for us. Tell us more about you. Tell us about Jesus. They point to the, the Messiah, the one to come, so that we can know how to live life and live it abundantly. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you for the season in which we remember you, sing songs about you, and we lift you up. And may the light of this season not go out throughout the year. Lord, that we might honor you in all we do and that we may continue to worship your majesty. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.